We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Two days in a row for Kenneth Curtis in the morning. Something wrong with that. But Curtis has been at it. Got to give him credit. Throw you your flowers right away, Chris Curtis. A full week in Jupiter, Florida, and you have been at it with one day off on a quasi-vacation week. How you holding up? How you feeling? Uh, good. Had a great early 70th birthday dinner for my mom last ah, night. Happy birthday. very nice. And uh, I am ready to go home. I am <laughs> and, ready to go you home. depart today? Yep. Fly out tonight at 6 and uh, got mostly packed. James and I went on a walk all over. I will say I will miss the, I mean, my family, of course, but the mm-hmm. morning walks when it's just perfect, like 68, 70 degrees, mm-hmm. humid, so James doesn't have to have any blankets or anything. We just walk for days. It has been beautiful. I love it here, but uh, ready to get home and uh, get back to uh, living in my own house and not uh, someone else's. Yeah, we miss you here. Boston misses you. New England <laughs> misses you. Get back. Beautiful day today. This is a perfect, like, fall, bonus fall day. Awesome. And what a day of football, too. It's just spectacular. I'm actually eh, pumped. We got one good game today. Oh, two great games today. One, obviously, Ohio State-Michigan. Which will be no heard Michigan. on WEIAM 850 today at noon. Spectacular day. Th- those games very rarely do not live up to the hype. They mm-hmm. almost always are just wild, memorable endings. Fights on the sideline. Harbaugh <laughs> versus Day. It'll be a great afternoon. And tonight, while I'm flying home on JetBlue. BC Syracuse? Oh, baby, that's going to be on every TV. (laughs) USC, Notre Dame on ABC at 7 o'clock. Go, you Trojans. That's true. Good atmosphere, classic rivalry. Point spread's only 4.5 in that game, so it is, on paper, a competitive game. Who does Costos have? By the way, I can't find a line for the Bills-Pats game. Well, Shine was just spitting out on uh, the producer show that he said it correctly, and it's going to be 5.5, although one line he found at 3.5, but I, I, it, it's probably off the board based on injuries. Josh Allen's injury, first and foremost. I mean, Bills have a lot of injuries. So, Oh, I just found it. Shime is right. It opened at five and a half. Okay, well, there you go. Shime is on it. I mean, does that surprise you in terms of uh, perception of the two teams coming into this game? Is this a dumb take? But I feel like it's the Patriots are either going to win the game by three or lose by two touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't see a high-scoring game. You know, I mean, it would be the first time where we would see a high-scoring game with the Patriots coming out on top, you know, 34-31 type thing. I do not envision that scenario. I, 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 I have to say the Bills are as beatable now as they have been in the last two years. They, 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 the, the Jets game is just stuck in my head because they just suck. 
and to to lose to them in in that fashion on the road like that, I I think they're susceptible. I, I five and a half seems fair to me. I don't know. Well, last year, just just looking back at the, of course, it's a different scenario. You know, it's a playoff game. It's in uh, Buffalo in Orchard Park. Seven degrees of kickoff. Sub zero wins. Uh, but they put it's it's twenty four to seven at the half or whatever it was twenty four nothing twenty might have been twenty twenty to twenty four nothing something like that they scored on the first four drives and put up it was the, it was the largest halftime deficit in Patriots history the game was over at the half and so I I mean I guess that's possible right you could you could see that again Pat's defense not exactly coming in flying on all cylinders here no and I think that's sort of one thing I wanted to talk about with you today is that. Is this week finally where we swing our attention to the defense? Whereas, you know, every week it was just sort of like the defense is carrying the offense's, you know, water. They're doing all these things. They're playing historically great DVOA, number one in the NFL, whatever that means. Entering this game, given the last two meetings with this opponent, mm-hmm. the defense has to feel some pressure to show up. I mean, if the Bills get the ball and do what the Vikings did last Thursday on Thanksgiving night, Aren't we all saying, are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Another drive without a punt, another touchdown. Weren't they the first team in playoff history to start with five touchdowns like they did in the uh, the, the wild card game last year? I yeah, mean, they were five for five on touchdown drives to start the game. They went up 33, 33 to three at that point in the third quarter. So, and, it just, and they didn't quit, right? Was it 47 17 was the final? Right. And speaking of the changes that have occurred since then, that game in Buffalo. On Saturday night in the playoffs, the Patriots were four and a half point underdogs. At home this season, they're five and a point, five and a half point underdogs. Yeah. yeah. So that's how Vegas views them compared to that game. And the MAC performance on Thursday night shouldn't go unnoticed. But I read this morning in the Athletic. I know, but loser. But Steve Buckley's column is: Don't blame MAC for the loss. Who's blaming MAC for the loss? Oh. <laughs> I mean, talk about a straw man. It's, a, mean... it's it, what it is is, and I feel like I'm part of this cult. Uh, it's it's Mac defenders, defenders of Mac, and once he has a good performance, you get pulled into. See, we were right; it wasn't Mac, and that's the storyline of the game. Where you're right, it really shouldn't be. I mean, right. it's a story of the game because, as you pointed out before the year, the primary goal of the season, the 2022 season, is to see Mac progress in year two and prove he's the guy. So I always come back to that. But I did see that headline from Buckley, and you're 100% right. In this case, you know, Mac's really not the story of this game. No, he's, I mean, I mean he's a story. He's a but, story. But the story is the discipline and the defense. Because w- when you have a strength that is revealed to be a weakness, then the whole foundation that you're building a perception on a team is misguided. Yeah. And so what the defense showed you against a capable offense, which is – what almost everyone was saying, right, basically the detractors of the organization nationally said, who have they beaten? Locally, we went through Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, Jared Goff, you know, the guys that they had beaten. Well, in the first game against the guy, all I heard about Ken entering the game was prime time cousin sucks, 10-18. <laughs> and 18. And then he is able to basically go up and down the field at will, scoring over 30 points against this, or 27 points because one was a special teams touchdown, against this defense. And it's all of a sudden back on Mac, or this is just, you know, a one-off, or, you know, the refs blew it, or whatever else. It's like, no, that defense was sort of what they were last year against good teams, and we thought they were something different. A quick aside on that, the Vikings, did you see uh, O'Connell, Brought that up in the postgame celebration. It felt like a primetime game. I believe the game started at 7.30. So they, the Vikings were definitely aware of the criticism of, of Kirk Cousins. And on that point, Nick LePan, I don't know if you have this uh, ready. 
um, from last night. Andrew Callahan was on with Mutt, and he had a good point about the defense and whether they actually had a performance you know that should be criticized. Because I think the ultimate question here is, I think, Curtis, who's under more pressure against the Bills, Mac or the defense? And I, I would think say it's Bill Belichick entirely. Or because, Belichick. Or Belichick. Because the defense is really his, you know, we all believe the best defensive coordinator in NFL history. It's They're not going to fire his son, and Gerard Mayo's not going to get fired. If the defense doesn't come up with a game plan on a guy, remember, Josh Allen, a guy that Belichick mocked years ago in the Monday night uh, production meeting, yep. saying that he couldn't do anything, whatever the exact quote was. So this is definitely on Bill. Well, so this made me feel better about his defense. So Andrew Callahan went back, and I think with the help of Pro Football Focus, he explains in the answer here, evaluates their performance against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings on Thursday night, and here's what he had to say. Well, Tony mentioned no pressure because I was surprised going back through the film that the Patriots, I had them down, and PFF corroborates this, 39% pressure in all Kirk Cousins' dropbacks. Really? The problem was wow. Kirk Cousins had the game of his life. Again, you talk about bad luck. This is not to make excuses. He was 13 of 14 for 168 yards and two touchdowns under pressure wow. like those are games you're just not going to get from anyone not even josh allen who you want to look ahead to buffalo has had a very rough month in november the problem was as you mentioned they didn't do enough on justin jefferson who at some point you know we just have to acknowledge is an all-pro guy who's going to get his and jonathan jones speaking of pff might be their top five ten whatever it is rated corner he's not anywhere in the area of justin jefferson when it comes to raw talent or ability like you can't just have jonathan jones out of him and expect him not to go off so he beat some double teams and then their last touchdown was actually playing off of the attention that the Patriots gave to him because McCourty got out of the way, Thielen crosses over behind him, and then the Vikings knocked him out there early in the fourth quarter. So it was really more of a, again, outlier performance from Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson doing what he does. All right, so the essential of that, Curtis, is that basically you could chalk this up to just give – just tip. it's a tip-your-cap game. Tip your cap to Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson – they pressured him 39% of his dropbacks, and he went 13 of 14 while under pressure. He played a great game. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't get into that at all. He had one of the worst throws of the week, so, so worst throws of the day at least, but those three games, that interception was an abomination. And Well, he was I, under it, pressure there. That's the one he was under pressure from the middle. I think it was either Carl Davis or a quality. Somebody was at his feet, and he took uh, a step backward and chucked it. It was a chuck and duck. I, I love analytics. I really do. I think it's a key part of evaluating a game. But there are certain things that if it doesn't reflect what you saw, you need to reevaluate what you're looking at in terms of stats. So you don't and think Cousins played great? I thought Cousins played well. But, I I mean, he didn't play anywhere near what, what Josh Allen did against this team last year two times. Well, I mean, Well, that's true. And he's not as good as Josh Allen. And Josh Allen's good is Kirk Cousins great. Well, not this so, month. You know, Callahan's right. Something's wrong with Allen. He ain't playing peak Allen right now. Okay, what did what did Kirk Cousins look like the, the four days before Thanksgiving? Uh, terrible. Okay, so, I mean, like, <laughs> what are we doing here? I mean, it, it, the, the, well, Kirk the point Cousins is, I good. Feel, I feel better about the Pats' defense after hearing those stats. Okay, how did you feel watching the game? Uh... I felt like, you know, they should have won, <laughs> won the game and special teams let them down, but yes, the defense, especially the first drive, was embarrassing. They were better in the second half. I think they only gave up a couple field goal drives but still not good enough. I mean, ultimately, not good enough. You're right. They didn't get enough. They didn't get home enough. Right. Here's the situation, and then this is sort of a swing point for this organization. It's a basic question. Do you think Bill Belichick is going to acquire top-end talent on offense to surround Mac Jones, or 
will he spend top-end money for a quarterback that will lift up those around him? And the defense, he did that with Judon. Judon was a top-end defensive end when he signed him, $15 million Great a year. Signing. What a signing. Best signing in, you know, maybe, I don't know when the last free agent signed the top, maybe Vrabel, but he wasn't anybody at the time. But it, I suspect, I was, Steph Gilmore is probably the, the best signing since the Steph Gilmore on defense. Free agent who came in here was defensive player of the year. And Judon, it, you know, was not exactly active in the game against the Vikings, but that has been a game changer for the way the defense has been able to play. He enabled the Patriots to not have to go back and re-sign J.C. Jackson. They were able to draft a couple corners in the fourth round, middle of the draft, and they've all been great due in part or in large part to the ability to get pressure on a quarterback on offense they they're doing neither right now and so they're middling it and that's sort of because we keep going back to the same thing of weapons or who does mac have around him or whatever they either need to get people that lift mac up the way the dolphins did with tua or they need to find a quarterback that lifts everybody up does yeah. that make sense well yeah they sort of tried with Devontae parker and he I got didn't sucked try in. Didn't with Devontae Parker. Well, I, I thought he was an elite talent potential. What was the trade for Devontae Parker? What did the Patriots give up? Uh, they straight signed him, didn't they? No. Did they trade for him? It was a trade. Uh, it was right after our show. Oh, yeah. Ended. Fifth round pick. That's right. Fifth round pick. Okay. Thank you. No. Not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a Brandon Cooks level first round pick. he's a name. Wait, yeah. I mean, he's not Brandon Cooks. Of course, Cooks has been up and down. But Kurt, but Shime laid this out yesterday. It's not like there's a million of those guys out there. Who was his top target? T. Higgins. No, it's not that there's a million of those guys out there. But they for missed 20... Steph Diggs. Like that was a huge miss. We agree. Well, right. I mean, well, the, the, in their division, the people they play twice a year got two of the best receivers in football from another team via trade. And, and so... sorry to correct this, Lapan, you should jump in with this. Uh, it was a Devontae fifth... Parker and a 2022 fifth round pick for a 2023 third round pick. So they traded a third for Parker and a fifth. Okay. So they gave a third. That's not a. It's not a nothing deal. Right. Uh, okay. But what I'm talking about is a a, a caliber receiver that's going to come in here and immediately draw double teams to change the way the players uh, defend the teams defend the Patriots, because right now they can maybe go ten and seven this year, make it to the playoffs, and maybe even upset a team in round one. But they are not capable of a up and down the field, you know, huge scoring offensive game the way you will have to play in the AFC to go through the Chiefs and the Bills. Like and the, the Vikings Bengals. game it was sort of an up more of an up and down game than we've seen from this team in a while. Right. And and they held in there but didn't score once in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And yeah. you can't you, I mean, I'm sorry, they did a great job answering the first touchdown drive. The first throw of the game by Mac Jones may be his best throw as a Patriot, a spectacular throw where he drops the snap, immediately gets it to Myers on a crossing route that looked amazing. But you're going to be in the middle, which is basically, you know, purgatory in the NFL as long as you keep doing it the way they have. Well, been. what's so frustrating, again, is they have the game on Mac's arm, third and eight at, what, the 31, and Trent Brown is cut-blocking a guy. They look totally confused. And it goes back to what you said initially, which was the number one strength of the team might not be around anymore, which is the coaching edge. I mean, maybe they have it with Bill in some areas of the team, but this is not the team that used to just walk in and outsmart everybody on every phase. In fact, it's the opposite. They're losing games this way. Right, and, and that's what I don't understand, Ken. I know I've said this for like three years, but why not? Right. What are you gaining from having your friends coach the offense? Don't you realize it reflects poorly on you bill like why are you having your whole family on the staff like well, he wants just... to be comfortable he wants to do it his way right okay then don't be pissed when pierre strong 
makes a mistake on special teams, don't be pissed when Trent Brown is cut blocking on a ba- on a, a drop back. Yeah, Bill should yell at himself on the sidelines. Right, like yeah, Put just a like remember Jim Carrey when he beat himself up in liar liar. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> All right, to, more to that point, Tommy Curran wrote a, a pretty good column at uh, NBC Sports Boston, our WEI contributor, and uh, I want to relay some stats he dug up in that about just how flawed the coaching has been for the Pats here over the last eight-game stretch. Kenneth Curtis back for a uh, second straight day, beyond all reason. Here until 1, Arcand in 1-4. to four. Bradfoe's got a show today, 4-6. to six. And then we do have BC Syracuse tonight. But Nick LePan is here as always. Dr. Nick has your trending right now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Curtis can't stop, won't stop. He's back again. Ken and Curtis to be precise here on this Saturday, November 26th. Big day of sports yesterday. Good weekend, Curtis. We had two comebacks yesterday, Celtics and the Bruins. U.S. hangs in there with England. You seem nonplussed with the performance, or Nick LaPan, our producer, does. I'm not sure which. I mean, it's a nice thing. I just, uh, it's there's such little payoff. And it looked like Kane, I mean, not not that I'm calling coward here. I'm not an expert. But um, the corner kick in the header, he hit it like diagonal. The yeah. net was right in front of him. Well, that they was dodged bizarre. the bullet there. Oof. I oh. mean, Kane, Kane is one of the true greats. I mean, he has a great noggin. But now you're ripping uh, Cowherd. He's totally right. Why did they take McKinney out of the game? He had some great chances. He blew one. And okay. they pulled him out because I guess he's like he's not up to his conditioning's in question. He's coming back off an of injury, or whatever. But well, risky you, call there. Okay, if I, if a coward was on the show, I would say, "What's his first name?" and tell me <laughs> one thing about him. <laughs> Who? But so what? Like this is I, I kind of like this. I, I I don't know. Maybe the elite soccer people are like they don't want the uh, Johnny Come Lately's in and like weighing in as you're saying. No, it but, makes me question everything he's ever said. If he's so willing and able to just BS with no understanding whatsoever before he says something. Well, I I mean it's amateur hour, but this that's what this is. It's the World Cup. People watch soccer that don't watch for the four years in between. That's me. Right. So you're ripping. It was ripping Coward me. tweeting about Fel- you know Phelps's backstroke during the 1000 IM in <laughs> Beijing. We were all watching that too, but nobody was a swimming expert. I mean, I, I I don't understand it. This is basically a horse race that it's like a triple crown. You know, once in a while everybody gets involved in one of the weird, you know, obscure sports. And the World Cup, when it comes to America, yeah, one of those is weird like, obscure sports like soccer, the most popular sport in the world. 
Okay, in the United States of America, my entire life, I have been told two things. One, I'm dumb, and two, soccer is the sport of the future, and people are batting 500. The, the, the situation with soccer... Let me tell you this. The Park Dads in Brookline all play soccer. I am the only guy there that doesn't play. They have, like, pickup games on the weekend. It is the sport of Brookline. That is the whitest thing I have ever heard <laughs> in my life. Well, there's a lot of international uh, flavor there, so they, I don't know. They get people yeah. from all over. In Brookline, it's like an enclave of, like, you know, Amsterdam. I mean, it's the least American town in America. Well, it's the future. It's here. I'm telling Everybody you. Everybody there wants to secede. It's, I, it's, I, <laughs> it's closer to being here than, than you think. Ken, wh- when they had the World Cup here in 92, I went to the only scoreless match of the entire World Cup, Bolivia-South Korea at the old at Foxborough Stadium. And everybody said, soccer is the sport of the future. The chick took her top off when they won the World <laughs> Cup. Everybody's like, oh, Randy what Chastain. an amazing moment. Yeah. yeah, that was in the 90s. It's now 2022. I now have a son. He's going to play soccer, and then he's never going to watch it. Yes. I, I don't know about that. Wait, wait till young uh, James Curtis starts playing soccer full-time, and you are like soccer coach, assistant coach. Right. I'll coach all his teams. I'll say, kick the ball in the net. That's about what Coward and I know. That's it. You want to score the goal, and you can't touch it with your hands unless you have the gloves on. All right. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't mind the uh, the newbies. That's not, of course, I am. If I tweeted during that match what he tweeted, you would never let me hear the end of it. Uh, no, I, I agree with him. He's making a good point. I don't know why they pulled, uh, what's his name? <laughs> McKenney out of the game. <laughs> Bryant McKinney? I thought he was a tackle. <laughs> anyway, when you get back to something we know, uh, somewhat something about, not really, but anyway, Bill's Pats. So I teased this t- uh, Tommy Kern uh, story at NBC Sports Boston. He's writing, and the headline of the story is, penalties, self-inflicted mistakes could sink Patriots' season. Now, this is kind of your point as well, Curtis, right? You believe, like, this is the number one issue facing the team, or at least was the number one storyline Thursday, right? With everything the wounds. Patriots have in terms of limitations, they cannot succeed when shooting themselves in the foot. Okay. So in the last eight games, the Patriots have 53 penalties. They lead the league in holding penalties with 20. They have 25 pre-snap penalties. They've been penalized 23 times more than their opponents have been flagged. In the last eight games, they've also had 30 negative plays on offense, not including kneel downs, 26 sacks, five interceptions, four lost fumbles. That's 65 negative offensive plays Plus the 53 penalties, that's 118 negative plays in eight games. And somehow they're 5-3 and three in that stretch. But we asked last week whether this was a good team or not. Those numbers do not indicate a good football team. They indicate a dumb football team. Right. This is a team that Bill Belichick used to salivate over playing. A team that if you put them in the wrong position, if you just, you know, if, if, you, if you make them think on their feet, then you have them beat. And what the issue is is that – it just feels like the second one part of the organization moves in the right direction and shows great progress, the other side simultaneously takes a step back. And that's really been the case the last couple of years. You know, you've had Mac playing really well, and then you've had the defense just getting gashed in the playoff game by Josh Allen and the Bills. You've had, you know, the defense playing spectacular, and you have Mac just throwing it to the other team and getting pulled against the Bears. You know, it's just the way in which that this team has to play in order to advance and win against good, talented teams is nearly flawless, and they have shown the inability to do that for any long stretch. Now, the only upside to playing the Bills right now, Josh Allen has thrown four red zone interceptions in his last five games, and he was good late in that game. There's no doubt about that. He took over, and they went, what, 90 yards and 
14 plays or something for the go-ahead touchdown, and he was he was money. So, like, he got it done. But he's definitely got some kind of injury, which makes you think, why is he playing through an arm injury? I mean, are the Bills really in that? I guess they want the one seed. I mean, who doesn't? It's, it's them and the Chiefs, so every game and matters. And they have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So if they, you know, I, I this season, Ken, I've said it before. It is the 0-4 Red Sox season for the Bills. They have the, this is finally a team capable of winning, getting the Bills to and winning two and winning a Super Bowl after last year's 13-second absolute debacle against the Chiefs in the divisional round. They beat the Chiefs this regular season. Everything has been built. They bring in Von Miller, who's now hurt. They they've stacked this roster and this organization with one goal, which is to win it all this year. And Josh Allen must not be doing any further damage. Maybe he's limiting the healing of it, but I th- it has to be something that he's managing with pain instead of you know that 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 rest really won't change the impact for this season. But when you think about that, you're right about the Bills, and I like the comparison. So this is like the bloody sock, uh, you know, right uh, of Josh Allen here, the arm. Right, Josh Allen's going to ser- share a meme later today. <laughs> Uh, jeez, let's not go back down that road. But he just bought a video game studio in Rochester. But pressure on both of these franchises, particularly Bill, as you pointed out, he's got a lot of pressure here to prove he can stop Allen. That his defense is not as bad as it looked Thursday. That his team is not as undisciplined as those stats which Tommy Curran writes about. But that could we get Bills. one of those really good old school Boston cheers a la Mariano Rivera when the Patriots force a punt and their punter has to come on the field Thursday night? <laughs> that would be great. Uh, so it's been, God, eight quarters? Has it been nine? I don't know. But it, it, it was one of those things, Ken, where just like the Patriots and Jets felt like they could play for two months and not score a touchdown, it felt like the Patriots and the Bills in their last two meetings last season in the regular season and then in the playoffs. That the Jets, I mean, that the Bills could literally just keep scoring until they just wanted to go home. Like, right. there was nothing. There was a little bit of quit on the defense in the second half of that game. And any other team in any other market with any other head coach would have fired the defensive coordinator at the end of that game. <laughs> you lose twice to the Bills in that fashion. You fire the coach. Tell me an example where a guy would survive that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. And. I guess, you know, for McDermott and Dorsey, <clears throat> they're, they're not going to get fired, right, if they don't get it done this year. Right. Remember the Chiefs when they lost to the Patriots in 2018? What happened? Fired the defensive coordinator. Yeah. When they got housed by Brady in that offense that wasn't nearly what the Brady offense used to be, they fired the defensive coordinator and made changes to the defense. That's what happens when you get blown out or you get your defense gets blown out in a playoff game. Well, But I guess in Belichick's defense, the defense has looked good so far. You know. Yeah, against Sam Ellinger and Zach Wilson <laughs> yeah. and Jacoby Brissett and Jared Goff. Right. Well, but uh, such that it is, they're, they everybody agreed they were an elite defense or a top ten defense going into Thursday night. No, I would say not everybody agreed with that, Ken. I mean, we said it, but the 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 conversation outside of this region was that who have they beaten? Who have they stopped? Mm-hmm. And the answer was nobody. And then they play Kirk Cousins. And now all of a sudden, according to Andrew Callahan and PFF, Kirk Cousins is Peyton Manning and Tom Brady reincarnated. <laughs> well, he had a great night. Come on. But everything I heard heading into that game was that he couldn't play on a primetime game, and then he tosses a pick to us in the first quarter or whatever it was, and everybody's mocking him. And now after the game, he's, you know, Joe Namath in Super Bowl three. Like, I, I'm sorry. That's Kirk true. Cousins is a guy that makes mistakes. He will give you opportunities to, to pick him off. You have to take advantage of them. And the issue with the Patriots was that if they just played – 
you know, half as reckless. They win that game on the road. They're seven and four, and they're headed to the playoffs without much issue. So, if you had to say closer to one of these words or the other, Patriots defense is blank. Are they closer to elite or fraud? Right now, I would say closer to fraud. Oh, but you know, to to bolster your argument, they let Justin Fields look like, you know, I don't know, Michael Vick in his prime in that game. It was well, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, who. Let's face it, the Bears supporting cast, they they acquired Nikhil Harry. Like, that's where they were entering this season. They made Nikhil Harry look reasonable in that game. And you have the, um, uh, and Lamar Jackson's weapons are basically the tight end and nothing else. So, and Lamar Jackson, in the drives where they had to have it in the second half of that game, it was a very similar game to the Vikings one, Ken. The Patriots had the had the bracketed scores at the end of the first half to start the second, mm-hmm. 10 points. They had the lead, and then there's an immediate touchdown by the, by the Ravens, and then there's the pick by Mack, and then there's an immediate touchdown by the Ravens. And then in the fourth quarter, the defense needed to have one stop, and Lamar Jackson just hit a second gear and ran for a first down, and they won the game. So it, the defense needed to make a stop in that game. They were unable to do so. Yeah, they I th- needed to make a stop against Tua in Miami. They were unable to do so. And they weren't able to stop Kirk Cousins. So I'm sorry, elite means like the Ravens defense is elite from 2000. You know, the, the Bucks defense of years ago, even the Bucks defense a couple years ago was elite. This defense is you only become elite. The Bucks, I think, picked at a pick six against Aaron Rodgers and stopped the stopped them in that game. That was elite. Aaron Rodgers was not stopped by this defense when they had to stop him. So I, I am not saying that they suck, but if you're asking me to pick a side, they are closer to being fraudulent than they are to being one of the best in the league. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Do you agree with Curtis? Is the defense more fraudulent than they are elite, or was Cousins just lights out and Justin Jefferson Thursday night, and you should uh, tip tip your cap, I guess, in that game, and uh, you know I. Part of this is Judon has made it look like they're elite because he's elite, although he did fade last year. But, I mean, God, like he, week in and week out, he has been a wrecker of things. Not so much Thursday, but you look at the Pats defense and you say, well, they've got the best player in the league, so they must be elite. And, the, you know, the stats speak for themselves in terms of points allowed you know, against. But then you do have to factor in the competition. So it's a bit of a confusing argument in that sense. Well, and everybody was saying, rightfully so, that J.C. Jackson, who's now injured, you know, look at how brilliant they were. They get the fourth-round pick uh, – Jack Jones, and they're you know they're immediately replacing him with a guy that's a, a a fraction of the cost. And Bill's business model on the defense is smart. You know, get a guy that can be a wrecker at the line of scrimmage, create a devise a decent enough plan with your secondary, and you'll be able to mask the loss of one of the top corners in the NFL. Yeah. And when you don't have that, if Judon isn't the record that we all anticipate him to be, you become you know, normal. You become like a you know every other NFL defense in the league, which is that good players beat you, bad players beat themselves. Well, it's a great point, and they gave up a touchdown to Thielen in the corner of the end zone where it looked like Jack Jones, you know, went the wrong direction, followed the, the guy on the crossing route, and he should have stayed home. If they have J.C. Jackson, maybe they break that pass up, maybe they win that game. Right, or Gilmore, who did that against Patrick Mahomes and won a game for the Colts earlier this year. Uh, by the way, we are going to be joined by a Bills insider from our Odyssey uh, fellow Odyssey station, WGR, at 10 a.m. Our good buddy Sal Capaccio is going to join us at 10 a.m. I didn't consult with you on this. I'm just going headlong in. I, is this the guy I got the wrong Sal on? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Ripping him? Exactly. Oh, yeah, he's my nemesis. I hate Buffalo. I hope he comes on and brings it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get inside the Bills at 10 a.m. Behind enemy uh, lines, so to speak. It's that kind I of a week. It. It's Bills week. 
I, I really, it is a, by the way, I'm going to ask him this. I always ask the hardballs, but why in the hell are they building a stadium with taxpayer money? We just saw the game on Thursday night, mm-hmm. right? That place is a Taj Mahal, as Mutt would say. Absolute spectacular facility. They had two Translucent roof. It's owned by the state. The taxpayers paid for it, and they get the revenue for whatever goes on there. They get the concessions, whatever else. Brilliant sort of a business model. In Buffalo, the taxpayers are funding this brand new building, uh, billion dollar stadium. The owner's worth eight billion dollars, and it doesn't have an effing roof. <laughs> like, what are you going to do with that facility? It's going to be like what do they call those white elephants in the in the, the uh, Olympic cities that are <laughs> yeah, no longer hosting yeah, the, the Olympic games? Villages, yeah. Like, like, what are they going to do with that thing? Great question. Well, you can ask Sal that at uh, ten a.m. Coming every up. time they ask me about the Patriots, I'd say, well, you know, McCorkle Jones this or McCorkle Jones that. Who oh, is God. that? That's Sal. Oh, Sal that's Sports. Sal from last time. Good. Well, we'll see if he believes in McCorkle. What's Sal? Full, what's the full name of Sal? What is it? Salvatore? I'm going to call him Salvatore the whole interview. <laughs> okay. It sounds like it's going to not be a pleasant interview. Oh, I, I mean, well, let's tease it. Let's say we're going to talk about the ball. Let's talk about the <laughs> yeah, nose tackle. I want to know, is Alan hurt? Is Vaughn Miller out? I mean, I want the X's and O's. If, I actually do wonder if Sean McDermott, I know they just extended him, but is he going to get Grady Little if they don't win it all this year? But do you think McDermott has, is under any degree of hot seat? Of course. Yeah. Unless they win it all, I mean, what else is the point? I mean, you keep adding this offseason. They were the overwhelming favorite to win the Super Bowl, correct? Mm, were they, they added the Vaughn Miller. Yeah, I guess, but probably they and the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs this offseason were looked at as like, taking a step back because they lost Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But think about this, though. If you're, if you're the Bills, let's say they flame out of the playoffs, and you look back at the coaches before Sean McDermott and the, the series of busts since Marv Levy left. Can you oh. really pull the trigger on firing him after Dick Jerron and Mike Malarkey and Chan Gailey and all these bad coaches they had in there? Doug That's Marone. true, because if you look at the – I mean, whenever people talk about I, – I had a long talk with a long, long family friend on Thanksgiving. Good to uh, catch up. And he, and he was – you know, we were discussing the future, and he was exasperated like so many people as to why they created the staff this way. And they all asked me these questions. I'm like, I don't, I don't have a clue. But, you know, Bill has created a situation by which – this is not a desirable spot for other coaches, by and large. And it's not exactly a position you want to enter where you're replacing the greatest coach of all time, taking on a roster that's sort of mediocre that he's been able to elevate all these years. You know, mm-hmm. it's not exactly where, if you're Robert Kraft, you know, Sean Payton is the one we all think of. I don't think Sean Payton's going to Fox Pro. I don't know. Call me crazy. I think he's a guy Why? that wants... Why, because of the weather? No, I well, partially, but I don't think he... It doesn't strike me as his place to go. I mean, I think he would love to go to Dallas. You know, he's a, a Parcells disciple. That's a team that's ready-made. He can go in there with the quarterback that he knows is a Super Bowl-quality guy. And he doesn't want to fix her up or opportunity. Right. Would you rather replace Mike McCarthy or Bill Belichick? <laughs> yeah, and to your point about Bill, it, as questionable as his team has been in terms of stupid things this year, there are still a handful of guys on the team where he has elevated. He has still done that. Oh, the, absolutely. The Jelani Tavais of the world that are around the roster where you're like, who is this guy? And he still brings them in and makes something out of them. If you had this exact defense and you brought in, you know, uh, Sean Payton, who's an offensive guy, I think they're two or three games worse if they don't do anything to help it. You know, this current squad, I, I just think that Bill is that good at helping with the defense, which is why when the Bills are not forced to punt for two straight games, it's I would fire the defensive coordinator. That's not going to happen, so the pressure should go on the head coach. All right, 617-779-7937. Sal Capaccio from WGR in Buffalo at 10 a.m. Ken and Curtis until 1. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime.
The booze rain down. It's the first shutout for the U.S. against a European team in the World Cup since 1950 against England. Wow, there was the dramatic finish of U.S. and England yesterday. See, not unlike Curtis, the Patriots ruining the Jets season and getting Zach Wilson's career killed and booze raining down at MetLife Stadium in the first meeting, that's what Team USA did to England yesterday. They get a boot off the pitch. Yeah, I have to say, uh, it's just sort of a vertical tease here at 11. I'm going to go through my top five favorite ties of all time. <laughs> you see, this is the problem with the millennial generation. They can't handle ties because Curtis wanted the viral Instagram moment. He's a big IG guy out at bars where he wanted to, like, react and have the goal call and, like, picture himself. I love throwing napkins in the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you get the nil-nil finish and you're, dis- you're, you're nonplussed. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm all for uh, a positive outcome. Nobody loves their country more than I do. Go USA. But, I mean, it's it's just a bee shrinker. Like, you're watching that thing, and it's just <laughs> over. By the way, I need someone between now and 1 o'clock to call in and give me a good reason why they don't start and stop the clock instead of this nebulous plus four at the end of the game, and then they just blow the game over at a random spot. It adds drama. It adds a degree of mystery. You don't know when the clock's going to end. So then why does the NBA have a clock? It's a good point. They should go the uh, World Cup route. I mean, (laughs) honestly, I I need a good reason why. I understand why 45 minutes, 45 minutes, halftime, people eat their orange slices and go to the locker room and have a, you know, sing kumbaya. But I don't understand... (laughs) Why you can't have a running clock like we do have in every effing other sport on the planet. That's a great point. Is it because of the, the, the writhing on the ground at the injuries? Like, so you have a guy that's writhing in pain, and you can't just stop the clock for, I don't know, five minutes? You no, have to that's let, let the it answer, Ken, is that you start the clock and the game keeps going on, and the writhing guy will all of a sudden realize he wasn't shot in the leg, he didn't get the yellow <laughs> card, and he'll get up and get back into the action. But you see, if Kyle Duggar would have done some of that on the kick return Thursday night, Patriots get a flag, and they probably win the game. You know what Ken's favorite thing about the NFL is? An untimed down. He loves those. Those oh, are just electric. That's, that's like a yeah, like eclipse of the sun. Those are I mean, great. All, the, 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 the thing with this is that we it has not adjusted to anything American. Like, it's just it's free of any commercials. It's free of any, What's wrong know, with that? No, it's just, but it's just going on. I'd rather see a Pert Plus ad at some point than seeing the ball kicked <laughs> oh, over what? midfield 30 times. <laughs> like the same, oh, they're passing it backwards to the goalkeeper, and he's going to boot it over midfield, <laughs> and then we're going to pass it back to our goalkeeper. Like, Curtis, shoot me in the Plus head. Guy. You mark that down. <laughs> I don't even have any hair, and I want to watch a hair ad, okay? I, I just, it's, it's a little redundant. I enjoyed it, and I thought the, the young lads held, uh, hung in there well yesterday. Questionable substitution, I agree with Cowherd, at the uh, 70th minute. Or I, I would have been much more aggressive on the corners. I would have kicked it to the lower tr- lower third of the uh, the end zone. I what? mean, honest to God, it, it's just... The, well, the Pulisic did well about in the, the corner. Like, the, the corners, the, Pulisic got it past the first le- line. He did his job. I, didn't I think thought they... a corner kick led to a goal. There were like 30 <laughs> corners. Nothing came close except for the guy in England who headbutted it out of bounds. Well, it's a defensive struggle. It was like Pat's Colts. It was like Pat's Jets, Pat's Colts. It was that kind of a game. Right. Which, which so, who doesn't want that? Which one was Ellinger? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. By the way, ten o'clock. Sal Capaccio from WGR, and he has put out the call to the Bills Mafia on Twitter. Uh oh. With a tweet, hashtag Bills Mafia. It's Patriots Week. I'll be joining at Ken Laird WEI on WEI at ten a.m. to look ahead to Thursday night's game. No mention of you. 
Oh, man. Well, I'm going to tag Jerry Thornton because we're going to defend the wall at 10 o'clock. <laughs> All right. To the phone lines we go. We've been talking about Pat's Bills. And what, you want to go to the soccer? Ed in Maine has an answer for why they don't uh, stop the clock. Oh, thank God. We've got two Eds on the line. Let's go to Ed in Maine hey, first. Chris, Chris I, think I, know, I think I know what it is. It's simply because the game's so freaking boring that they can't find anybody to run the clock. <laughs> so they said, ah, just turn it on. And then at the end of the game, they're like, ah, I think the guys flopped around for about five minutes. Just add five more minutes, and then we'll call it good. <laughs> What a shot! That's a good point, Ed. Too. I, I makes sense. Better be, makes more and more sense than anything I could come up with. And w- how do they come up with that? Does they ever? Does the ref have to ever show his work? Like, why is it four minutes versus eight minutes? <laughs> do they ever have a pool report where Mike Reese asks him questions right. after the game? Yeah. Right. You know, did you have to review that end of clock call at the end of the game? That's is there point. any review in soccer? What if the ball? You don't know if it goes over the end line. Does and- that go? Didn't Iran rack up a couple of penalty? Uh, not, was it penalty time? Penalty time goals to beat uh, Wales. No. That's a uh, big... you're confusing penalty time with sanctions from the UN. That's <laughs> right, probably am. Another Ed, Ed and Wellesley on the Patriots. Hi, Ed. Hey guys, good morning. Great job as always. Uh, yeah, I can't watch a game where the game ends and then they go add time back on the clock. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, <laughs> so two things for you, real quick. Um, the uh, I think the and I'm a Bills fan. By the way, Chris, I you may or may not know I grew up in Buffalo, but right. um, but I uh, I actually think the Patriots are going to win uh, Thursday night. Because uh, I think, yeah, well the Bills can afford two losses, and and one of them would be New England. I think one of them would be Cincinnati. But the Bills will be Patriots back at home, and the Patriots or the Bills have a, a easier schedule uh, for the rest of the way. So I think the Bills will either for the division or get the division or they'll be the, the first wild card but ed why um, why do you think they're going to lose this game just just like intangible or yeah. do you think they're banged up no i think uh well partly banged up but i i don't think they're going to be able to handle ramondre stevenson is it stevenson stevens yeah um yeah. that uh he's just too much to handle for that defense and they always have trouble in in although they didn't last year but they always have trouble in in foxborough and i think belichick will have a good plan and uh you know that was a tough loss for the the uh, patriots against Minnesota, so I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to split. That, that's just kind of how I see it. But th- I wondered if you guys could ask uh, Sal Capaccio if, um, if if you can, if not this guy, but um, what he thinks about OBJ, because I think that could be the missing link there for them. So. Wow. Mm. Anyway, I will do that, Ed. I, didn't, I haven't heard OBJ linked to them at all. But I heard Jerry Jones met with him this week. but The Bills uh, have a visit with him. Ooh. He's one of the three teams. This is like a this is like a big recruiting store. This is like Peyton Manning going around. Um, yeah. Quick aside, I, what do you think of uh, Steph Curry recruiting Aaron Judge to play for the Giants? I love it. It's sort of like when Peyton, when uh, Tom Brady recruited KD to come to the Celtics. It's great. Or Kelly Olynyk. I mean Kelly Olynyk. I mean I, I, we got to send him to Cutter. But, I, I think he's but a big Steph Curry guy. is a Red Sox fan, and he claims he's doing it to keep him out of the division. Steph Curry is an icon there. I mean, who cares? He's trying to get him. He's he's a guy that's going to be remembered as a San Francisco sports you know icon for for all time. So he's trying to help the local town. I think it's fine. Why about Ed's predicting a Patriots win as a Bills fan? That's is that a defense mechanism? That's like well, I mean, you have the, the up until last season, the Bills had PTSD against the Patriots. I mean, it, it, what was it? Thirty three and three was Brady's record with Bill against the Bills. I mm-hmm. mean. It is a it's a house of fours, and just like I think the Patriots got the Vikings in a tough spot because they just got blown out by the Cowboys in the week before, 
So you knew the Vikings were going to do, you know, and they have the head coach who, you, you know, played for Bill. This is kind of a good spot for the Patriots to get the Bills. They have a win where they didn't look that great. They're still getting praise because they ended up winning the game against the Lions in a game they could have and should have lost. And they're playing a team that feels like they could have and should have won who lost on the road in national TV. So if you're going to play the intangible game, I think those favor the Patriots on Thursday because Bill has last year to just pummel these guys with, you know, we're going to make them punt this week, you losers, you know, we'll bring Foxborough high punter in. And then he has the Patriots coming off a game where they were as undisciplined as they've been all year. So, I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win, but I, my prediction is pretty simple and sort of uh, fraudulent. I think Patriots either win by three or lose by 14. Well, Bills reporter Sal Capaccio will join us next. It is officially Bills week. Today is actually a Tuesday. I know it's a Saturday, Curtis, but this is a Tuesday in the, the football schedule. Players and I are love this today. room I've been in. I have like a piece. I have, my, I have a bathroom right to my left, a fridge with Diet Coke right in front of me. I got a TV here. I am going to miss this setup in this this massive room. Yeah, the, the acoustics are not ideal. I'll say oh, that. Oh, sorry. I'll I'll go in the corner. Okay, thanks. And we'll join. Uh, we'll talk bills and pass next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.